Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 19th is Matthew chapter 15 and Mark chapter 7. Jesus was approached by Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem who asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. I think it's interesting to point out Jesus isn't going around picking fights with people. He's not going around and saying to the Pharisees, Why do you guys make such a big deal about washing your hands before you eat? That's not even a law from God. That's a human tradition, you religious zealots. He wasn't going around picking fights. He didn't have a watchdog ministry where he had warn everybody not to follow those Pharisees. He only responded to the Pharisees, at least up until this point, when they attacked him, when they asked him questions, when they tried to trap him in his words. No doubt they were offended by his answer. They asked him why he was not holding to their tradition. He asked them why they were breaking God's command. It's written that you should honor your father and mother, and yet you tell people to forsake their father and mother, and it's okay as long as they're giving to the temple treasury so that you guys have money to do whatever you want with. But it's not for God, it's for you. You're guilty to the core, and I'm exposing it in front of all these people because you had the audacity to come over here and try to tell me that I need to be like you, where it's actually the other way around. You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people worship me in vain. It's pointless, their worship. There's no value. It's fruitless. They might as well not even be worshiping me because their hearts are so far from me. Again, Jesus was not going around looking for a fight, but he would defend the truth with his life when they came after him. If we want to be Christians, which really, if you break that word down in the Greek, it means little Christs, little messiahs, little Jesuses walking around. That's what we are to be. Let's not be so quick to start up our watchdog ministry and accuse ministry leaders of being heretics. Let's just point people toward the truth and let them make up their own minds. Let's pray for people that they would see the truth of God, that they would hear what little truth or maybe a lot of truth there is and all of these different messages from all of these different ministry leaders around today. But whatever is not of God, may it be exposed. May it fall to the ground. May it not take root. Jesus went on to teach his disciples, it's not what goes into you that defiles you. It's what comes out of you that exposes your defilement. Jesus went on to explain, it's not what comes into you that makes you dirty spiritually. It's what comes out of you because the words that come out of you flow from your heart and they expose what your treasure is. They expose what's important to you. 
What do you find yourself talking about? The mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. The mouth is the temperature gauge that shows the condition of the heart, even so simply. When we speak, how much of the time, how often are we using the words I, me, my? When Jesus left there, he was approached by a Canaanite woman, a Gentile who was not Jewish, who was saying, please help me, Lord, help me deliver my daughter who is being severely tormented by a demon. Jesus didn't respond to her, kept walking, and she kept calling out after him, please help me. She was begging, she was pleading. You can hear the desperation in her voice. It even became embarrassing for the disciples, or maybe just annoying, but they asked Jesus to send her away. And he says to her, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. She came and knelt down in front of him. I wonder if she was looking up at him and he made eye contact with her, or if she was looking down at the ground begging for mercy. And she says to him, Lord, please help me. His response is astounding. Despite how many people would seek to minimize it or explain it away, he says to her, it's not right to take the bread intended for the children and give it to a dog. She is undeterred. You're right. I am a dog. I don't deserve any of it. I don't even want the bread that is served at the table, but even the dogs will eat the crumbs that fall to the floor. Just give me a crumb. It appears that Jesus had been testing her because when she says this, he says, woman, great is your faith. The word woman there could also be translated lady or even my lady. Great is your faith. You have received your request. Your daughter is now set free. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, which of you would not be willing to get out of bed to get bread to serve his out-of-town visitor because of his neighbor's persistence? How much more so will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him, who are persistent? In Luke, Jesus also told the parable of the persistent widow who went before the judge and repeatedly asked for justice. And even though the judge was wicked and did not care about people, he gave her what she requested because he was getting worn out by her persistence. One of the qualities of great faith is persistence. Another quality of great faith is humility. Yes, I'm a dog. I don't deserve it. But please help me. Please help me pass that test. Please help me reap the benefit of what I've been studying for for the past four years. Help me with my boards. Friends, thank you for those of you who comment, who leave feedback. Please know that I pray for you when I read those comments. It's so encouraging to hear from you. Thank you. After she receives this word, from Jesus. It will be as you requested. Your daughter is made well. She's been delivered. She goes back home, according to Mark's account, and finds it just as Jesus said, her daughter is made well. 
But what I find interesting when I read the Gospels, how is it that this woman knew that her daughter was demon-tormented? How many of us today would recognize when our children, or anyone else for that matter, has a demon? In the United States today, everything is so scientific, there is no room for the spiritual. Of course, we have a drug for every malady, whether it be ADHD, headaches, or some skin condition. We have a drug for everything. Perhaps we should stop and consider there were a lot of demons on the earth in the time of Jesus, and they are most likely still here. Instead of running to the doctor for WebMD, we should pray. We should pray with the faith of a Canaanite woman who said, Lord, please help me. Please deliver my child. It's difficult sometimes when we pray to really connect on a heart level with God or even with the Son of God who is God, Jesus Christ. But what if we were to close our eyes and imagine that he's there in front of us, sitting in the chair across from us? Picture him there. Pretend he is there. Use your imagination that God gave you and have a conversation with him. Picture yourself being this Canaanite woman who is begging for mercy for her child. And if you have a sick child, pray and beg for mercy. Jesus, please deliver my child who's being tormented. Of course, now he's given his authority to us, and so we get to deliver our children much of the time. As we grow in faith, there's this progression from praying and asking Jesus to do it to doing it ourselves under his authority that he has given to us. If that doesn't work, Go to the elders, the church leaders, the people around you who you respect spiritually, who you feel like you could follow and learn from, the people you trust, and say, please pray with me for this child. You can even have the elders anoint this child with oil and pray. The prayer of faith will heal. Sometimes there is a physical condition that's a result of an environment. And so, If that's the case, then we pray and ask God to give us the wisdom to know what is causing this malady. Maybe it's the food that we're eating. Maybe there's something in the water that we're drinking. Maybe we're not getting the nutrients that our bodies require. And certainly, if there is a medical emergency, I am by no means saying don't call 911, don't go to the hospital. By all means, But do all three, cast the demon out, pray for mercy, and then go to the doctor. But too often, we succumb to the conditioning of our environment where we seek medical attention first, and then we pray when there's no other hope. Let's turn that around and pray first. Beginning in verse 32, the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000. He takes what they have, seven loaves of bread and a few fish, and he multiplies it. He uses it to feed 4,000, and then the leftovers fill seven baskets. There's more left over after the 4,000 people have eaten than there was before they began eating. 
Our God is a God of provision and abundance. He doesn't want us just scraping by. He wants us thriving, not surviving. I am definitely not a proponent of the American prosperity gospel that says everybody is going to get rich when they follow Jesus, but I am definitely not one to come into agreement with a poverty spirit either. Jesus doesn't want you to be broke unless you are idolizing money and it is the root of all kinds of evil. But once you understand that the provision of this world is necessary to meet the needs of the people around us and that God is looking for people to steward his resources, you keep it in proper perspective, you learn to manage money and he will give you more of it. It's the way the kingdom works. It's worth mentioning in Mark 7, in verse 31, how he's healing people. He's opening the ears of the deaf mute. They're coming out speaking miraculously and instantly after being healed. And in verse 36, he ordered them to tell no one. Every day we are seeing Jesus is not trying to get people to follow him. He's not trying to make a name for himself. He's just advancing the kingdom of heaven, making the sick people well, opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of the deaf, loosing the tongues of the mute, healing every kind of disease, delivering people of devils, advancing the kingdom of heaven, and never drawing attention to himself. What if all of us began looking for people to serve by delivering them, by healing them? He was all about the kingdom and not about himself, and we should do the same. Let us be a people who are all about advancing the kingdom of heaven and not about our own ministries. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey through the word with me. Such an honor and a privilege. See you tomorrow.